Viva Las Vegas. Our remaining Democratic candidates square off in Las Vegas for the ninth Democratic debate. And boy, does it get real. We are going to dive in to all the juicy stuff on today's broadcast. Welcome to The True Middle. I am your host, Paul Melikivi, and this is The True Middle, where we talk about politics, business, and faith from a real perspective. Now, it's time to get real, guys. We are in election season. It is 2020. The election is only about eight months away, 10 months away right now. First two states already had their caucus and their primary. The field is getting whittled down and people are running scared. And so it's time for things to get real because their whole candidacy depends on it. So we had our ninth Democratic debate. We had six candidates on stage. We start to see from the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary, you already had a couple of people dropping out of the Democratic race. So what we're left with today is that we're left with Michael Bloomberg, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. They took the stage in Las Vegas to plead their case. This is the first time that we saw Michael Bloomberg on stage, so he was the main cause for a lot of the fireworks. But before we get into that, first, let's talk about Andrew Yang. This is my guy, Andrew. We feel sorry for you. Um, he had to drop out after New Hampshire. Um, he just wasn't making the inroads that he needed to make, but the Universal Basic Income, which is the platform that he was running on, is a very important platform. We're not going to forget about it. We're going to continue to push this forward. He did a great job of bringing that to the forefront. He did a great job of explaining how our economy is coming into these tough times where we have automation, AI, robots that are replacing a lot of the workers that we're running into the situation where we're going to be losing a lot of jobs because of technology and automation. We're not going to forget about that. We're going to keep pushing it forward. But unfortunately, all of our remaining candidates that are on stage, all of those that are in the running right now, are not picking up that platform. Hopefully he will stay strong and he can advocate that from behind the scenes. So Andrew, we wish you the best, man. We appreciate the run. You did amazing things. Farewell. I know that we're going to see you um, in very short time. So we also were introduced for the first time to Michael Bloomberg. This is the guy, the mayor of New York City. He threw his hat into the ring a little late in the contest. This is the first time that we saw him up on the debate stage. And there's a lot of great things that happened as a result of that. First of all, Elizabeth Warren came gunning for him gunning for his head. Fireworks, y'all. Fireworks right from the start. But there's a lot of things going on with, with Michael Bloomberg. Let's first set this up for you, right? Michael Bloomberg initially said he wasn't going to run for president because he didn't see any way that he was going to win. He thought that the field was going to be diverse and crowded enough. And we had a very diverse field when we first started off. So great things when we first started. As time went on, a lot of these uh, more diverse candidates started dropping out. They weren't getting the support that they needed. Joe Biden, who was the front runner, slowly started to fall off, man. Like, what happened to Joe Biden? He went into his debates. He seemed dead. It seemed like he didn't have any excitement. He's stuttering over his words. He's tripping on himself. He's forgetting things. He's... You know, saying things that are a little outrageous. So, you know what? Michael Bloomberg said, you know what? We may not be so great with Joe Biden being the front runner on the moderate lane. I see Bernie Sanders as a strong progressive candidate. Elizabeth Warren is a strong progressive candidate. 
but the moderate side was kind of light. So Michael Bloomberg threw his head into the ring. He came in late, so he wasn't on the ballot for Iowa. He wasn't on the ballot for New Hampshire. He's not going to be on the ballot for the next two. So he's not on the ballot for Las Vegas, and he's not on the ballot for South Carolina. But what he is doing is that he is throwing a boat load of money behind his candidacy. He's already spent about $400 million. This man is worth $60 billion. He has an unlimited war chest, so he's adding a lot of excitement to this race. I did a previous broadcast where I talked about him as he entered the race and what it means and some of the unique challenges and, and some of the unique things that he's doing um, and ways that it kind of breaks out from the norm, the way that politics have been done for years and years and years. There's a lot of retail politics where all of your candidates will go to every state that had a primary, every state that had a caucus. They would meet everybody, sit on the ground, set up operations, talk to people individually, spend a lot of money traveling to these states, making sure that they were able to compete in every, every battleground, every state that was going to have a caucus or a primary. But Bloomberg said, you know what, I got in late. I missed a filing deadline, so I'm not going to put any money behind those states. Instead, I'm just going to blanket the airwaves. I'm going to spend unlimited resources. I'm not taking donations from anybody. I'm funding my own campaign, and I'm just going to spend the money because my number one priority is beating Donald Trump, and he's done it. He's outspent anybody. He's $400 million, and he still has unlimited money to go, so no telling where he's going to go. He's made some inroads. Over the past couple of months, he's really uh, catapulted in the polls. So what we've seen is that as Bernie Sanders starts to solidify his base with his 30% of supporters that are dedicated to Bernie. They're going to be diehards. They're going to stay with him. They believe in all of his platforms. They believe in what he is. They believe in a revolution that he's pushing for. He's looking to change the status quo, break us out of our usual government, and start something new and fresh. And there's It appeals to a lot of people. There's certain things that appeal to me. Um, in politics, there's certain things that I don't like, but there's other things that I'm really, really rooting for. Um, and hopefully he can push that forward. Michael Bloomberg, on the other hand, is more of the status quo, but the, the challenge there is that the the argument is that since he has billions of dollars, since he's spending all this money, he's in essence is buying the election because nobody can spend as much money as him. So the people that are voting for him are voting for him simply because they've seen his ads. He's been able to control the narrative by putting out well-produced commercials. He's hired a great team. He's paying good money for some talented people to run his campaign. He's paying some social media influencers. He has a great advertising campaign. Really smart. He knows the demographics um, there. He had some challenges. There are some questions on his record as a mayor in New York City. He had a controversial policy with stop and frisk where he was basically trying to control violence in the in the area, a lot of the violence he attributed to the minority neighborhood, so he increased police presence, and it created this uneven amount of uh, incarceration for minority communities, for the African Americans, for the Latinos, so he took a lot of slack for that. He defended it for a long period of time. Um, he had apologized for it. He you know, admitted that it was a bad policy. It took him too long to try to figure that out. And make changes to it so he had that to account for but right away when we get into the debate this is the first time he was on the debate stage because the democratic national committee set up these rules for people to qualify for the debates one of the things that they had on the debates was that you had to have so many donations from individual donors so you had to get donations from so many people since he is not accepting any donations he is his only donor so he did not qualify for any other debates while he was running 
Um, they changed his qualifications this last time for the debate. There was only certain polls. He had to reach a certain threshold in these polls, so therefore he qualified. Now, what we're seeing is that Bernie Sanders is coming out of this as the assumptive lead. Right now, you know, he, he, did, he had a good showing in Iowa. He had a good showing in New Hampshire. Um, him and B Pete Buttigieg had, had some, some good contests in New Hampshire, so they're kind of running neck and neck as far as delegates, as far as the popular vote. But he's showing in all the national polls, Bernie Sanders is de definitely surging a lot more than uh, Pete and some of the other rivals. So the top two at this moment are Bernie Sanders and Michael Bloomberg. So the debate kicks off. Michael Bloomberg comes on for the first time. He's sitting right next to Elizabeth Warren, right? So Elizabeth Warren jumps right in, um, right at the beginning, and goes in on him because he's a billionaire. And he, she has, she attacks him for his record. She attacks him for some of his personal behaviors. He has a record when he was running his multi-billion-dollar company. There have been some women that have made accusi accusations. Some of his employees about his behavior, whether he was inappropriate, making inappropriate jokes, or sexually harassing them, or whatever. They have non-disclosure agreements, um, so they're not allowed to talk about it because obviously he made settlements with them. Um, she came after him for that, put him on the spot. He had to answer for it. Um, he admitted that there were some NDAs with some women, and he made an announcement that they, he expects them to stand by their NDAs. And so right away, some heated argument. The next person that was very heated uh, on the debate stage was this guy here, Pete Buttigieg, right? Pete came in and uh, he went after Amy Klobuchar. So it was Amy and Pete going at it with each other. Um, here's Amy here, here's Pete. They were sitting next to each other. They were, well, standing next to each other on the debate stage. There was a couple of the heated arguments between those two. And so we're gonna kind of get into the dynamics of all of this. We're gonna break it down so you can take away what it really means for us here in the true middle when we come to decide who we're going to support for the nomination, right? So going back to it, we're gonna take a look again at our candidates, right? We have, um, on the top left there, you have Michael Bloomberg, you have Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. So right now you have two wings in the Democratic Party. Now it's getting heated because we have to decide who it's going to be. And there's really two ways of thinking here. You have the Democrats that are progressive candidates. They're more inclined to be on the Bernie, Elizabeth Warren side because these are a lot of the younger people, a lot of the people that say, hey, we need fundamental change. Our system is broken. It hasn't really helped us. There's a lot of income inequality. Here in the United States, there's a lot of uh, social justice, criminal justice reforms that we need to make. We need to make right some of the wrongs of the past. We need to make the system work better. We're seeing the rich get richer. We're seeing the poor people not being able to get ahead. So a lot of these programs that Biden and Warren support are these more uh, progressive policies. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is a big advocate for this, you know, um, government-run, single-payer healthcare system. He wants to totally eliminate all of our healthcare companies, the pharmaceuticals. He wants to eliminate, you know, all these uh, fracking. He wants to eliminate coal and dependence on that. Put a lot of money into the Green New Deal. He wants to eliminate student debt. He wants to eliminate a lot of our loans. So Bernie Sanders is, is, is going all in on the socialist side of things. He wants, you know, some, some serious change. Um, 
Elizabeth Warren, on the other hand, well, she's, she's rooting for a lot of things that Bernie is. I mean, initially she came out for the single-payer health care system. She made some changes to her policy, but she's always been advocating corruption. We need to stop the big dollar influence in our politics. We need to stop the corruption, the influence of the um, super PACs, the influence of billionaires on our laws and regulations that is corrupt, that is preventing the, the middle class and the poor people from succeeding. She's fighting against you know our income inequalities that we have in this country. She wrote a book about bankruptcy. So she's an advocate for all things um, against corruption, against uh, money, in politics. Now here's a problem. Elizabeth Warren at one point in time had a really good operation. She was at one point in time really the the front runner. Before all of the debates, before any of the voting took place, Elizabeth Warren had a huge operation. She had a well-structured campaign. She had some concrete policies that she was sharing. She intelligent. She was well articulated. So she came out and she had a lot of support right away. For whatever reason, I don't know what happened. She kind of dipped down in the polls. Um, she's really fighting for her life right now, I guess because she's in that same lane as Bernie. Bernie has a dedicated base. They were with him since he ran against Hillary in 2016. They stayed with him. They really support him. So she hasn't been able to chip away any of the support of the progressives that are voting for Bernie. And she hasn't been really able to make any leeway into the moderates because some of her um, policies are a little too progressive out, and out there. So she kind of dwindled off. She had a bad performance in Iowa. She had a bad performance in New Hampshire. Um, a lot of, is riding on Nevada and South Carolina and these upcoming uh, voting that's taking place here in, in, in the next week. And so she really came out. She knows she had to defend herself. She came out very strong. She came out very articulate. She really defended herself. She challenged Michael Bloomberg on several things. She put the other candidates on blast for their health care plan. And she really, you know, did well for herself in that debate. Now, whether that's going to change the scale at all, I don't really know. I think for her it's probably a little bit too late. She's never going to be able to get the progressives that Bernie has. And she is always going to be a little bit too progressive for the moderates. They're not going to lean her way. So pretty much I would say that her days are numbered. It's a matter of time before she has to drop out. What will be interesting is that when she does, who is she going to support? Who is she going to kind of coerce her um, donors and her supporters? Where is she going to lead them to go? Because I don't think she's a big fan of Bernie and um, she's a little too progressive to convince them to go to some of the more moderates. From the looks of things on this debate, the way that she went after Bloomberg, she definitely won't be sending people his way. Um, but we'll see how that pans out. Now, the latest development since this debate is that Elizabeth Warren is starting to, to loosen up. Now, she's, she's in trouble. She's losing support. She doesn't have as much money as she used to have. She doesn't have as much people giving her money. So her campaign is floundering. She needs money. So guess what she did? For years... She's been advocating against changing our system. She's been insistent that she was not going to accept any money from billionaires. She wasn't going to accept any money from PACs. She pleaded to her fellow Democrats to join her, to make that commitment, to do it. She, did, she didn't want to be beholden to anybody. She didn't want to accept anybody's money. She said that, you know, by accepting money from the billionaires and you're beholden to them. She even had, in one debate, she really attacked Pete. 
She attacked Mayor Pete because he was doing fundraisers, large dollar fundraisers with billionaires in a wine cave, and she made a lot of uh, a stink about it. And she said that it was, you know, he was catering to the billionaires and that they were going to be able to um, influence his decisions on policy. But guess what? Elizabeth Warren is now open to accepting money for from some PACs. So a complete 180 for her. As she's being challenged and she sees in trouble, guess what? She's fighting for her life. So guess what? Warren is on that gravy train. So she jumped on board. She's going to accept some money. Next guy, Joe Biden. He was a front runner at one point in time. He came in, vice, you know, former vice president. Loved because he was vice president under Obama. Great guy. Um, been in politics for a long time. He ran for president twice before. He didn't really make, didn't get anywhere with it. This time, he put his hat in the ring right away. He was getting a lot of money. He was assumed to be the front runner. He was assumed to be the the, the, the moderate that's going to take them. He was going to be the one that was going to beat Donald Trump. He was going to bring the party together. Um, he wasn't as progressive and left or liberal as Bernie Sanders, um, but he has a lot of experience. And so he came in very strong. He was number one in the polls. As soon as the debates began, guess what happened? Joe Biden imploded, man. I mean, he wasn't, he was there, he slurred his words, forgetting what he was saying, um, stuttering, just not seem non-engaged, he just seemed dead. He's had a horrible performance in Iowa. He had a horrible performance in New Hampshire. He's betting everything on his appeal to the more diverse audience, the minorities. So this is going to be interesting over the next two um, states that are participating in Nevada and in South Carolina because these are states that are more representative of the country. There's a lot more diversity, a lot more minorities. We're going to see if he doesn't do good in these two states. If he doesn't come in like first or second in these two states, he's done as well. You might as well call it a wrap for Biden because if he doesn't get the support, if he can't have the argument that he's the most electable, that he's the one that has the broadest amount of support amongst the minorities, then it's a wrap for him. So he's fighting for his life, but he came out in this debate. He was really a non-issue. Nobody really attacked him like they used to. He made some comments. Um, he defended himself on a couple of things. But overall, it was a non-issue for Joe Biden. I think his days are numbered. It's a wrap for him. Bernie Sanders, he is the assumptive leader at this point in time. Um, he has a strong support. He's number one in all the polls, even though he's at about 30-some, maybe 40% support, which is still a small number because you have the other 60 70% of Democrats that are more moderate, but all of their votes are split between all the other moderates that are in the race. So Bernie has a lead. Um, he was tied with Buttigieg in Ohio. He won New Hampshire. Um, he's looking good in Nevada. He's looking good in South Carolina. He has an increasing amount of people coming aboard. Um, he has an increasing appeal to the minorities as he really goes out there and fights uh, for what he calls the everyday Americans, the middle class, the hardworking people of the country. They did have a good exchange with Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg was really the only one on stage that really stood up to him and called him out for, for a couple of things saying that he's a socialist, but yet he's a millionaire that has three houses. And so Michael Bloomberg, after he came alive, after the first hour and a half of getting beat up and, and destroyed by Elizabeth Warren, he finally spoke up. He defended himself on, on some things, um, attacked Bernie Sanders, kind of put him in a place. He also attacked Bernie on his outlook on billionaires. 
you know, Bernie challenged him that he was a billionaire, but that he did not build the business himself, that the employees contributed to the growth of his business, and that the employees should be uh, owners in companies and corporations. And right away, you know, Bloomberg had to defend democracy, uh, capitalism. He went after and said, this is the wrong way. This is the conversation that we can't have because this conversation will get Donald Trump reelected because, let's face it, guys, the Americans believe in capitalism. We do. As much as it's flawed, as many problems as we had with it, it's created a lot of prosperity. That's why we're the wealthiest nation on the planet. And it's all because of capitalism. And so if we start chipping away at the way that, uh, that capitalism is structured, then we're running a risk. And Bernie's a little too um, out there when it comes, he's a little too risky when it comes to capitalism because a lot of his policies are a little bit more social. So Bloomberg called him a communist. He said it was unfair. Uh, we're going to see over the next couple of weeks some of uh, Bernie's policies when they come out, um, some of his history. We'll see whether or not you know, he is a communist. So here's the interesting thing. Right now, the leaders in the pack are Bernie Sanders and Mike Bloomberg. So if you're progressive, Bernie seems to be your guy. If you're a moderate, your votes are kind of split, but Bloomberg is gaining a lot of ground. Bloomberg seems to be the favorite. Uh, we'll see whether he weathers the storm after some of these allegations came out after he got destroyed in the first debate. Um, keep in mind, he hasn't debated in 10 years, so it took him some time to get his legs, to get his 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 um, swag. And so once he finally came alive towards the end of the debate, he did have some, some good points, some good facts, and he actually stood and he defended himself, and he defended himself pretty uh pretty strongly. So hopefully in the next debate, we'll see a little bit more life out of him and we'll see him get up there and defend himself. So this night, th this, this, this night debate that we had in Las Vegas, man, is some juicy stuff. So we also have Pete Buttigieg. Now Pete, mayor of Indiana, um, small town in Indiana. <laughs> and uh, the, the argument there is that he's a little too young. He hasn't done anything of significance. It was a small town he was a mayor of. He hasn't led any large, he wasn't the leader uh, or um, in a position over a large city like Michael Bloomberg was in New York that he, you know, he's inexperienced. Um, his, the concern with him is that he doesn't have a following of a diverse group of people. He did well in Iowa, he did well in New Hampshire, but they're 90% white. So most of his uh, donor base, most of his following are white people. And so it'll be curious to see over these next couple of uh, weeks whether he's able to get into the diversity and some of the um, minority communities. Amy Klobuchar is another one from a small town, uh, from one of these swing states from Minnesota. She's a senator. She has a lot of experience. Um, she's been pretty integral in a lot of legislation, a lot of um, things that are going on in the Senate. She's been around for a long time. Um, she really defends herself on being experienced for being an insider. She's one of the moderate lane too, but let's face it, Pete and Amy, they're really kind of on their last leg. They need to, to get some life. They need some wins. Now, Pete did really well in Iowa and New Hampshire, but we'll see how well he does in these other states as we get these more diverse um, group of, of uh, voters coming in. Same thing with Amy. Um, she had a real strong showing in New Hampshire because she had a strong debate performance last time. It helped boost her number, but both of them are running out of money. It's only a matter of time before they run out. Um, something dramatic has to happen. There has to be some type of huge switch, um, some huge win in order for them to gain some momentum, to gain the trust. Now, 
you know, honestly, Amy would be a strong candidate against Trump. She has a lot of experience. She's well-spoken. She's moderate. She has a lot of good ideas. I think she can kind of move the country forward. She can bring some people together. But for whatever reason, she hasn't really caught on. Um, and so, sorry, Amy. Sorry, Pete. You know, I'm sure we'll be having this conversation in a couple of weeks after Super Tuesday when we re when things really shake out we'll see who's around so what we saw is a lot of back and forth for whatever reason these two really hate each other Pete Amy Pete Amy they were going at it man they were going at it it was it was it was it was, it was hard to watch sometimes the way they were going at it um, the disdain for each other for whatever reason was very apparent they do not like each other yes they're fighting for the same group of of um voters um but so is biden so is bloomberg and there's not the same type of animosity between them as there is with pete and amy and maybe it's because they're both from these um, smaller states these swing states that are very important they represent a different uh, voice um, for the electorate, they represent a different voice for America, and it's the states that are very important for us to win because those are the states that you know we're in danger of with, with losing to Trump as well because he's appealing to the same working class folks that the two of these are in, in, in the middle of America. So they were, they had it at it, man. They they were on each other. Um, Amy was going against him and his experience, and you know talking about how he's you know he's an outsider and it's easy as an outsider looking in to say how bad things are in Washington but she is an insider in Washington so she knows how it works she's able to get things done and so if you're an insider and you see how things are done it's not quite as easy as it seems and it, you shouldn't be on the outside looking in um, and talking bad about them so a lot of fireworks between those two at the end of the day I think it's irrelevant um, they're not going to get much further. Um, if they do, then I will gladly sit there and talk about them. We're really going to see what shapes up over these next couple of, of weeks. Um, we are really going to dive into the policies of all of these um, candidates that remain standing after these next two rounds between um, Nevada and South Carolina. So whoever is still in the race, we are going to take a look at their policies. We'll go on the website. We're going to talk about it. Um, I encourage you all to join in, comment, tell me who you're voting for, tell me who your person is. Are you a progressive? Are you a moderate? Are you a Republican? Maybe you're voting for Trump this time around. Maybe you're voting for for Biden. Maybe you're voting for Bernie. I'll be curious to see some comments coming in. What you what you guys think? Uh, we're going to have some discussions. We're going to start doing some live streams coming up where we talk about. Um, policies where we kind of share some thoughts. Hey guys, we can't talk about politics in the workplace. We can't talk about politics at our family dinners. We can't talk about it at our family reunions. We can't talk about it, you know, on at the park. We can't talk about it because it's such a touchy, touchy, touchy topic that I think it's important for us to have a forum. So we're going to do some live streams where we're going to be able to communicate with each other, share some thoughts and some ideas. Um, advocate for some policies that are outside the norm that aren't being addressed by the candidates that are remaining. Again, we're going to talk about a lot of things um, that affect the middle class. We're really going to, to hear from people that are on the ground, those of us that are living life, those of us that are trying to make it happen, and maybe 
come to some consensus about which you know which one of these uh, candidates are going to be the stronger representation for us moving forward. So I hope you learned something today. I hope I brought some things into perspective. Um, I encourage you to subscribe. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get notifications. If you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on uh, Spotify. If you're on Android, anywhere where you listen to your podcast, we are there. Check us out, The True Middle. I am your host, Paul Melikivi. I'm excited to talk to you guys about politics, business, and faith from a real perspective. Tune in. Um, Next time, we're going to talk about why our system is broken. We're going to take a look at part two of the series. We're going to take a look about the influence of money in our politics, why that's a huge problem. Um, I encourage you to tune into that. Our first one, we talked about the lack of diversity and why that is. So we're going to have a series of things talking about the problems within our system. Chime in on it, guys. Let's get on the conversation. I'll be curious to get your thoughts. I'll be curious to get your perspective. This is the environment for that, where we can share some dialogue in a safe um, and comforting environment where we can feel free to express our thoughts, our frustrations, our hopes, um, our perspectives um, without being judged. We can talk about it. We can debate it out of love and we can have some fun together. So I thank you all for tuning in today um, as we review the ninth Democratic debate. Right around the corner is the 10th one um, right after the Nevada caucus. On We're going to have another debate and then right after that is going to be a South Carolina primary. So a lot of exciting things happening. Stay tuned in. Subscribe to us. I thank you all for being a part of my family, and I will talk to you next time.